I'm recording now. You're recording now? I've been recording for eight minutes. Oh. <laughs> well, too bad. You don't get to hear my audio of me yelling at the cat. There's so much of this conversation that's just going to be my side. <laughs> what are we, Jimmy? Actual friends? We have a conversation without recording it? Without recording it instead of using it for content? Unheard of. We're content creators. God, I just love nothing more than creating some content. Give me that. Give me that. Good, good hashtag content. Mmm, <laughs> I love it. I love just it an, so. I, it's just an empty container we need to fill with our nonsense. I got a Rubbermaid bin here. I'm going to fill it with a, some content. Got to fill it with some content. Put a label on it. It says content. You got to put the content in the content bin. That uh. sentence went nowhere. It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 44, Duel with Destiny, Part 1. You are my density. How's that line go? Is that how it goes? What's that even from? I that's remember from, that. Uh, that's from Back to the Future. Ah, uh, that's why. Back to the Future, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, George McFly... Goes up to. (laughs) You call me a chicken. (laughs) I haven't Uh, seen those movies in so long. I need to rewatch them. Lauren has actually never seen them, and they were on Netflix for a while, but now they're not. (laughs) And I I neglected to show them to her. Uh, So I'm trying to figure out if it's worth just like buying them. I mean, it's Back to the Future. Yeah, like you can't really go wrong. Unless she hates no. them. Unless she hates Back to the Future. But like, Entirely I don't know, that might, that might bring up other questions about our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. She's allowed to dislike movies. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I noticed in your pre-show that you have no notes. I don't have any notes. I have one note, if I may, before we get into talking about the episode. Go right ahead. I have a recommendation for our listeners and a recommendation for you. Um, Last week, we talked about video games and how I play video games incorrectly. I am playing a new video game now that I believe that I am still playing incorrectly, but only because I've been playing for like six hours and the correct way to play doesn't seem to have presented itself to me yet. Hmm. It's one of these like, very detailed open world games that has a million different systems that you can like dive into and it doesn't really give you a tutorial on any of them. Uh, It's a game called horizons gate. uh, And it is, I think it's PC only uh, for the moment. So you might need uh, uh, like a wine emulator or something, Jimmy to play it on your Mac, Uh, but it's on steam. It's like 20 bucks. It was made. I have not um, heard of it. I forgot the studio name, but it was made by one person who's just been working on tactics games for like 
10, 15 years now. So this is kind of one of their magnum mm. opus sort of sort of projects. Um, the art is similar to Stardew Valley in a lot of ways. Like it's very sort of simple pixel art. But yeah, I'm looking the, at screenshots right now. The world is a fantasy world where all the commerce and everything is uh, uh, like trading via uh, seafaring vessels. And so there's like pirates, there's sea monsters. Um, you you start as the captain of a ship who is betrayed uh, and you have to go on this adventure to sort of seek vengeance. Um, but also there's a trading mechanic and you can buy furs from the local town and sail them up the coast to a town uh, five days away and sell them at a profit. Uh, and you can just play the game entirely that way. There's a fame system. So the more you trade, the more famous you get. And that wins you favor with the local country that you ally so yourself to. So you could to. go and get revenge. Or you could just become an upstanding citizen. Well, and, and one of, the, one of the, the mechanics here is that you can sort of become so famous and do so many things for one of the the major countries in the world that that country will then back you in your quest for vengeance you could say hey i've done so much good like i'm assuming i haven't gotten to this point yet but they've teased it uh look i've done so much shit for you like why don't you help me take down this pirate that double crossed me uh so you privateer so well that you gain the the backing of the crown Right, exactly. Or you can uh, continue to buy more ships to add to your fleet uh, and then get, you know, more and more crew and you can become a pirate and you can sort of uh, go and ransack ships and board them. Uh, Or you can go adventuring and there's this whole mechanic where you can look at, you can click on every item in the game, every single item in the game, and there's a short description of it. And that's all well and good, right? Like, you want to see what's in the world. Yeah. But you, there are people in the world that will buy that information from you. Information so, about items? Yes. So so I have a contract now with a particular person in a particular town, and I sell this information to him and only him, and he pays me based on the rarity of the item that I have observed. So currently... I'm just exploring, going and finding things and not even necessarily interacting with them, just looking at them and then sailing back and sent, selling this information to this guy. Like what kind of objects, though, uh, that this guy is willing to pay so much for? Stools, torches. <laughs> uh, you get more more for monsters. Um, have I found you seen, a couple in your like, travels, have you seen a barrel? Please tell me, what was it like? He paid me money to look at a barrel. Like, not much, because it's a barrel, but still. And there's things like fossils and stuff, and those will he'll pay you more for. Um, but there's also cartographers in the world, and they'll buy map information from you. So that's a whole viable way to play it. And then there's a combat system. There are actually two different combat systems in the game. There's ship combat. So you mm-hmm. have your fleet, and you can, have, you can have multiple ships in your fleet that you command. And that is a... Um, it's sort of similar to like um, uh, Sid Meier's Pirates mm. where you have side mounted cannons and you have to like turn based sort of maneuver your ships into the right position to fire the cannons at the other ships and then you have a uh, individual person level combat system so say you board a ship which is a special item and you have to like f- get up next to the ship and use this item 
then you have your individual characters that each have their own experience and job system similar to Final Fantasy Tactics. So there are like 30 some odd jobs that each one you can gain experience in and like switch between and uh-huh. each one has unique skills. So there's like uh there's a whole like fighter tree that has different kinds of fighters that all have different abilities. There's like a ranged tree uh that levels up into things like um you know you can build turrets and conveyor belts or you can tame I think one of them's like a bat tamer. Um, and then there's like a, there's like a sorcerer tree. So you have different kinds of, of magic users that all have different elemental specialties. And then I think, and I haven't gotten here yet. I think there are some that like specialize in just teleporting shit around and like taking control of monsters, that sort of thing. And that's all within all of the other shit that I just told you. That sounds insanely complicated. It is, it is, but it, it doesn't present itself that way. Like, it doesn't try to throw all of that at you at once. Like, you really can sort of pick and choose what you want to engage with, which is really interesting. So huh. I spent, like, I don't know, six hours with it this week. But just the whole time, I, I like, I spent two hours staring at menus, not even realizing that I wasn't, like, quote-unquote playing the game because I was clicking through and, like, spending experience in certain ways and leveling people up and, like, making sure I had enough rations to feed my sailors for six days so I could make the 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 sailing mission uh, up the coast to sell the perfume that I bought from this one port at another port that'll buy it from me for a profit. Like, on and on and on and on. Uh, and I've talked about this game for a long time now. But it's, like, 20 bucks if you're at all into, like... Either if you're into like chill games that have decent music and good graphics, like go look at that. Uh, if you like complex RPGs and you want to dig into something, go look at that. It feels to me a lot like everything that you've been explaining about Final Fantasy 14, where there's just like mm-hmm. a lot of detail, but I don't have to deal with other people. <laughs> <laughs> All the best parts. Right, right. It's really a Minus for the, the weirdos. Well, that sounds really interesting. Tyler, did I ever tell you about Sunless Sea? Have I? That have you played that? Sounds familiar. Remind me again what that is. Sunless Sea is a survival uh, exploration uh, roguelike sort of game. It's a top-down, like kind of like the same kind of sea combat system mm, okay. um, in the setting of Fallen London, which is London at the edge of this like vast underground ocean after it was stolen by bats from hell. Oh, as one does. As one does. And so you, like, go on this uh, sea, like, underneath the world and find all these, like, crazy, weird, eldritch locations. And it's really heavy on just exploration and, like, volumes of text and, like, amazing writing. And you have to, like, keep all your sailors alive and, like, do their side quests. And it's entirely possible for you to just die. And then you just get a new person and a new crew. Oh, okay. And keep going. See, I like I like games like that where you're they're like, yes, you will probably die. Like it is just a yeah. game where that is an opportunity, but you can like keep going. That's not the end. The description on Steam says Sunless Sea is a gothic horror RPG with a focus on exploration, exquisite storytelling, and frequent death. Oh so, well there you go. If that's what uh sounds interesting to you, you should definitely check out Sunless Sea. Yeah. It's I on think, sale like all the time. I think I'm just gonna like have a summer of nautical games well there you go it's on like a bunch of platforms it's on switch ps4 xbox one ios uh, mac 
PC, all kinds of nice. shit. Nice. Okay, we'll have to look into that. Oh, that that reminds me though. That's the other reason. Even though Horizon's Gate is PC only, it can run on like anything. It seems like like the the requirements are very low. So if you're like me and you have a potato for a computer, you can still download it and get a lot out of it. And get some kind of like emulator or something to run it on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think Wine is the popular one for Mac. Yeah, right? yeah, that should work. Cool. I'll look into it. Yeah, and Sunless Sea, you said. Sunless Sea. Sunless Sea. I'll have to look into that. If if there's any town in the world that is most likely to be pulled away from its continent, continent? It's uh, it's country, uh, by bats from hell, it's London. <laughs> yes. So I've heard. <laughs> Do you want uh, to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh? I was about to ask you the same thing. Let's talk about Yu-Gi-Oh. It's time to discuss the episode. Jimmy, the episode this week is Season 2, Episode 44, Duel of Destiny Part 1, otherwise known as Kaiba versus the Eighth Duelist. The summary for this episode is a title. Usually the Japanese version sounds cooler. Yeah, it's a shitty title. I don't know what else they would have called it, though. I don't know. No. Uh, the summary here is Kaiba duels against the mysterious eighth duelist who is soon to be revealed as Ishizu, and she in turn is revealed to be Merrick's elder sister. She plans to take Obelisk the Tormentor back and save her brother from himself as her Millennium Necklace shows her... At show... That's a weird comma. I had to, like, make sure that wasn't a smudge. As she plans to take... Sorry. She pl- <laughs> what is this sentence doing? She plans As her Millennium take... Necklace shows her. Shows her the, what? That this is going to happen, I think. She plans to take the Obelisk... She plans to take Obelisk the Tormentor back and save her brother from himself, comma, as her Millennium Necklace shows her, comma, and plans a trap in the midst of Kaiba's arrogance during their duel. That needs to be broken up somehow. <laughs> Uh, the last sentence is, while trying to call out to his sister, Merrick is banished from his own body by the evil force controlling him. Yeet. Yeet. Uh, you know, I, I think I think that last part is a good sign. I think we've had too many episodes where there are multiple boys and singular boys, <laughs> and that just needs to end. <laughs> we are put we are cracking down on too many boys in these minds. We have a, a strict one boy per boy policy. <laughs> Uh, where does this episode start? This episode starts in the hospital, right? Or no? Yeah. The, the blimp. Well, the blimp the hospital. The blimp spittle. The, like, random side room that they have a bed just in case someone passes out while dueling. Which happens more often than should. Is, the interesting thing here is, I was trying to think how many people are in hospital beds right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where did, <laughs> uh, freaking Odeon go? And Bakura. And Bakura. <laughs> they're not they're, in the background here. No. There are three there separate hospital, hospital wards. Is there a hospital wing on this blip? I think there has to be. I think that's the only explanation. There was like a secret hospital hallway. <laughs> this is what Kaiba has instead of landing the blimp to give people medical care. As everyone keeps demanding that he does. Yeah. But, I mean, that just begs the question, did Kaiba expect people to have dramatic injuries whilst on this blimp? Because I don't think he would have three separate hospital rooms if that were not the case. I guess so. 
I guess Kaiba is just prepared for all kinds of bad things to happen on his blimp. And he is not landing that damn blimp. <laughs> he makes a point of it later on. Uh, so we open on... Uh, another day, another pe- person getting horrifically injured on my blimp. Fuck eh, it. It's a living. <laughs> it's a living. Uh, we open on my uh, inner hospital bed, her her blimp hospital bed. Um, the The gang is all gathered around her. She's not waking up. She's in some kind of a coma. Uh, she... They're they're saying something about like something something weird is going on here, and I think it's Duke that points out like, uh, yeah, we just saw like actual magic shit happen. <laughs> yeah, Joey is like, this tournament's gotten out of hand. You know why? And Duke says, because there's a mind warping psycho on board. And then everyone just kind of like turns to him and is like, uh? and he's like, what? Just being honest. <laughs> just being honest. So just in case anybody was wondering, like, are we in the bonkers zone yet of this season of Yu-Gi-Oh? Yes. Yes, we are. Yes. We've already seen this woman's mind broken with magic. Uh, And there is nowhere for the blimp to land that they can take care of her. And it's also there's also no time to even really talk about anything because it's time for the next duel to start. Hooray. Yeah. Why would you care for your your injured friend when you can watch card games? Right. Not even participate Uh, in card games. Watch card. No, watch. (laughs) Right. It's not even something that you don't actually need to be there. You just want to go watch. And Uh, everyone does want to go watch. Damn it. (laughs) Who gives a shit about poor Mai? Serenity does. Yeah, so Serenity offers... I wrote down Trinity. Is there a character named Trinity in this show? (laughs) Knock, knock, Neo. (laughs) Uh, Serenity volunteers. Follow the white rabbit. (laughs) Serenity volunteers to stay with Mai, like you said. So that everyone else can go watch the duel. And she gives this, like, impassioned speech... She's like, you all inspired me so much with your your friendship and your your love, and you protected me and you took care of me and all these things. And so she's she's explaining like this is why she wants to stay behind. And we get a panning shot of the group, and Taya is the only person with like a reasonable response to this. Taya's like about to like happy cry, right? Mm-hmm. Tristan and Yugi look fucking pissed. They look so angry that they were ever an inspiration for anyone. <laughs> I didn't notice that. They look so mad in the shot. But uh, yeah, so they accept and Serenity keeps talking and then they accept again. Like, okay, Serenity, fine. We'll go. We'll go watch the duel and you can stay. Um they also animated Serenity's face to be about six inches shorter than usual. I shared a screenshot of that with you. Yeah, I'm looking at this screenshot that you put, and her eyes are absolutely massive, and then the rest of her face is like squinched into like the two inches below her eyes. There is a solid four inches between her mouth and her chin. Her eyes, just the pupils of her eyes, are like four times bigger than her mouth. Yeah, yeah, it's something's going on. Um. But yeah, okay, so then everyone leaves, right? Everyone goes yep. to the 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 dueling. Well, bye Serenity. Platform. We didn't want to animate you for these this upcoming duel. <laughs> We're sick of you and your weird bangs. <laughs> so they take off. Uh back up at the top of the blimp. Everyone's there, including Merrick. And they're just going to let him stand there after breaking 
their friend's mind. Yeah, what the actual fuck is anyone thinking here? They're just calmly standing around, waiting for this eighth duelist to appear, like, five feet away from the confirmed psychopath of magical powers. Yeah, from this guy who's, like, clearly possessed and has used his evil magic powers to destroy Mai and is, like, trying to fight Yugi and, like, take over the world. They're just they're good sports. They're just gonna let let him stand there. I. Uh, It'll be I a fair match. Duelists, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Someone just shoot him and kick him overboard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody just just push just a little. Whoops. Ah, <laughs> oh, he got so close to the edge. Man, those winds up here sure are strong. Huh? <laughs> here at maximum dueling altitude. I mean, where's Shoddy in all this? Right. Like he's invisible. Where is Shoddy in all like, this? He could totally just, you know, yoink Merrick's little boop, cape. Boop. Just boop. Problem solved. <laughs> no, he, they're just going to let him stand there. Well, uh, okay. Yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Mokuba calls Kaiba on the Kaiba communicator. He's finally gotten Winged Dragon of Ross scanned through the satellite system. I can't right. believe that's a thing <laughs> I forgot that's how kaiba chooses to spend his resources they're taking pictures of cards from orbit with satellites so they can translate the ancient egyptian text and it's in the process of being translated and will be for some time yeah as, as we will see throughout the episode he does not spoiler alert he does not finish translating the card by the time this episode finishes kaiba translate is still in alpha stages Kaiba fish? <laughs> Kaiba fish. Like baby Kaiba fish? V- Kaiba Vista. Kababel? Uh, anyway, yeah. So he does that. He calls he calls Kaiba and tells him all that. Uh, Kaiba reminds us that Bakura is still injured somewhere on the blimp. Uh, and at, like you said earlier, Jimmy, there is no way in hell that he's pulling this blimp over to take care of anybody. <laughs> yeah, Yugi goes just to talk to Kaiba. And he doesn't even say anything, and Kaiba's like, I know what you're about to say, and no, I'm not landing this fucking blimp. I didn't <laughs> land it last time your friend got injured, and I'm not landing it this time your friend got injured. Fuck completely, you, and fuck your friends. I don't care how comatose they are. Completely forgetting about Odeon, who was literally struck by lightning. <laughs> Nobody cares about Odeon. Nobody cares anymore. He might as well not exist. <laughs> Poor Odeon. They're all just stacked in the cargo hold. <laughs> gonna land and there's like a dozen unconscious duelists are gonna spill out <laughs> see here's here's the sign that i've been playing too much horizons gate when you said stacked i pictured them all in one inventory slot with just like the little number three <laughs> well, yeah and you, you you hover your cursor over it and it just says injured duelist <laughs> <laughs> they're stacked like jenga bricks <laughs> no individuality anymore just a just a pile of broken people <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so Kaiba does that, and then they're, like, waiting around for this mysterious eighth the duelist, right? And everyone's like, I wonder who it could be, huh? And even Kaiba goes, ah, I, 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 whoever this is, they're taking forever, they must be scared of me. If they don't show up, then I'm going to automatically win. Hooray for me, I guess. Hooray for me, I'm awesome. But then Uh, the elevator goes ding, and the announcer is, like, Here's the the eighth duelist. Uh, um, uh, who's this? 
<laughs> what do you uh, what, what, what do you what, uh, what, what, how do you uh, what, what do you call your act <laughs> how does this work how does the tournament organizer and the like guy who founded the tournament not know who this is well and like there was all that fucking security when they got on the blimp they had to like hand in their cards they had to show two forms yeah. of id and proof of address and like all this shit they have a satellite system that can read cards from space how I don't did, know who this person is. Yeah, she's been in the system for the entire tournament. She has a dual Ostensibly, disc that has she, a tracking chip in it. <laughs> uh, this is a long story short. It's Ishizu, as you may have guessed. Tada! Ishizu Ishtar, I- I- Ishtar, Ishtar, uh, older sister of Merrick Ishtar. I almost Merrick said Mokuba Ishtar. Ishtar. <laughs> He's kind of the Mokuba Ishtar. <laughs> He is kind of. He's the, Big he's the sister! Mo- <laughs> I want to rule the world! Uh, so she shows up, and Kaiba sort of tells her off for being late, I guess. But also, she's not late. Like, they were still like, five more minutes until the eighth duelist forfeits. Yeah. So she's five minutes early. A wizard which I guess is, is not, late never late, neither is she early. She arrives precisely when she means to. There you go. And Kaiba's like, oh, you must have been too scared to face me on time. Which is not a thing. Not a thing. She doesn't even respond to it, is the thing. No. She's like, meh, all right. Here yeah, I am. Okay, okay dipshit. Um, Merrick has a weird moment here. He does. Um, he... We see... it's That's that same kind of weird animation we've seen before, where like half his face is like melting off spiritually. Yeah, it it plays differently here though than in in, in previous bits because in in previous times it's sort of been just his face has sort of like a smudge effect on it, like it's sort yeah. of pulling away. This is an entirely separately animated head, sort of pops out of Merrick's shoulder. That just, just like makes a... me think of Men in Black Two of the guy who has his uh, his head in his little backpack. Yeah, 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 it's it's you know it's sort of like a Zaphod Beeblebrox routine, you know, exactly. he's got the, the head that sort of pops out. Hey, man! <laughs> uh, except in this case, the head goes, "Sister, help me! I'm trapped." Yeah, it's uh, it's bad Merrick, and worse Merrick then just kind of like sucks him back into his mind. Yeah, it's it almost makes a, a slurping sound. <laughs> it almost goes, <laughs> it and was... then Merrick just goes whoop. It's like, um, you know, like when you're on a Mac and you you click the little yellow button to minimize it, and it goes whoop back into the little icon. It's, That's it's a one great of those. animation. Yes. Um. Yeah. So that happens. Uh, that happens twice, I think. Fun fact: If you hold down, I think it's Option and Shift, and do that, then it like extends the animation by like ten seconds. It's very no fun. shit. What? Yeah. Try it. Okay, let me. I gotta look at me at my first world problems. I gotta open up my Mac. <laughs> let me turn 90 degrees from one computer onto my other computer. Okay, what is it? I hold option? Option shift and then hit uh, minimize. Shift. Whoa. And it goes. Wait, option shift. I don't know that it's. I don't know that it's dramatically longer for me. 
I'm just like minimizing and unminimizing <laughs> Slack now. This is great audio. Um, all right. So, so that happened. That's, this is why people listen to our podcast. So they can listen to us <laughs> minimizing windows over and over again. <laughs> you know what? You know what? A- a- everything is art. <laughs> you people knew what you were getting yourselves into. Uh, so Taya and Yugi recognize Shizu from the Domino City Museum, uh, where Shizu explained all of this, uh, uh, Egyptian god card stuff to them, right? I had forgotten that it happened. It's been so long. I had forgotten that happened too. had a normal life. That was the episode after Johnny Steps. <laughs> good old Johnny Steps. Stepping out. Back in the good old days when the worst problem we had was Johnny Steps. <laughs> Was this episode about DDR? Those were the times, man. And Taya's uh, like, oh, hey, it's that lady who worshipped Yugi in the museum. <laughs> Taya's feeling suddenly threatened that there's somebody that might have a crush on Yugi. <laughs> who worships at his feet? Uh, Ishizu uh, explains to someone, I forget who, does she just explain to the room why she's there? Kind of, yeah. She says just kind of broadly, like, I'm not really here to win the tournament or even to win, like, the Egyptian god card. I'm just here to save my brother because he's controlled by an evil spirit. Yeah, our family has been taking care of the tomb for, like, 5,000 years. Uh, and it's just our my brother here who's been the first dipshit and is, like, trying to use the, that power to destroy <laughs> the world. So I'm here to f- fix him. And a long line of decent people. My brother's the one dipshit. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yeah. And in response to this, bad, worse Merrick traps bad Merrick in some kind of mind prism as my. I love how we've given up on good Merrick. Good Merrick is not good Merrick. There's never been a good Merrick as far as we're concerned. So yeah, bad Merrick and worse Merrick. So it is sort of the same like mind prism thing it's like a sort of pyramid shaped glass jar yeah uh, that that merrick is sort of mentally trapped in i don't really know it's it's inside merrick's sort of internal workings that bad merrick is now trapped um and i think just from the shot that we get i think worse merrick sort of mentally projects that so that ashizu can see that that's what happened because she kind of reacts to yeah. the nothing that's going on externally. It's very unclear as to how much she can see. And it's implied that she can, like, read Merrick's mind sometimes. Yeah, they definitely have a few communications here where no one's lips are moving. And it's unclear whether or not anyone can else anyone else can hear them. But they're very clearly, like, talking to each other. Right, right. Or at least uh, reacting to what the other person is saying yeah. internally. And so... Uh, Bad Merrick is stuck in his mind prism and is like, ah, help me, sister. And uh, Kaiba's like, I don't appreciate you using my tournament to solve your personal family issues. <laughs> I started this tournament to take my rightful place as King of Duelists. And Ashizu's like, uh, you remember, Kaiba, it was my idea to have this tournament in the first place. I set it up to lure Merrick and Yugi into this thing so they could fight each other. Uh, plus, you're using my card to do it. So right. back off. And then, and then Kaiba's down, like, boy. Kaiba just like throws up his hands. And he's like, oh, I'm surrounded by superstitious nitwits. <laughs> <laughs> do, do his voice though. You have to say it in his voice. 
I'm surrounded by superstitious nitwits. There we go. <laughs> and Kaiba's just uh, like, which, I don't believe in any of this ancient magic mumbo-jumbo. And therefore, it's not true. <laughs> therefore, it's not true. Even though I've seen guys struck by lightning and, like, magically forgetting their friends in the last, like, five minutes. Nope. No magic here. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing. Uh, I is, is it weird to anyone else that Kaiba started a tournament with the explicit intention of winning said tournament. No, that's pretty on brand for Kaiba. I mean, it's on brand for Kaiba, but why would anyone participate in that? Because they think they can beat him. Okay. That seems shady as hell. I don't know. I don't know how much, how many people entered the tournament knowing that Kaiba himself was going to be in it. Well, I guess that would be like part of the, the draw though would be, getting able to duel Kaiba. And there was that whole thing where he like hung from a blimp at the start of the tournament. He like, he dangled himself from on high and he shouted to the heavens. This is my tournament and I am in it. That's true. Here we are now. Entertain us. Um, so yeah, it's so time Kaiba, to duel. Kaiba's still kind of a shit to me. I don't know. Uh, it's like, it's like if RuPaul, competed in rupaul's drag race <laughs> it's like it's my drag race it says so on the title of the show it says so right there <laughs> may the best woman win um so okay all of this notwithstanding at this point the duel starts now it's time to duel and we can tell that because kaiba yells let's go roland begin this duel at once and roland the referee yells begin now who knew that the referee had a name? <laughs> Good on Kaiba for remembering the names of his employees. That's a very important thing. This is the same asshole we've seen before the whole show. So, yeah, uh, it's Roland. It's Anyways, not. Uh, it's not. Not. It's no croquet. But all. All. He's no it. croquet. <laughs> He's a bootleg croquet. Uh, is that, is so... that just bocce ball? What is that? That's a bootleg <laughs> croquet. <laughs> Bootleg croquet would be like the dollar store. Is that what they play in Alice version. in Wonderland? Bootleg croquet would be like the dollar store version of you get that you get that it's all like real shitty plastic. Yeah. Okay. There we go. But bo- it's a it's a Playmobil croquet. Yeah, it's called something like lawn balls or something <laughs> to avoid <laughs> copyright infringement. Right. Right. Because clearly somebody owns copyright on the name croquet. <laughs> the entire game. God, speaking of London being dragged away by hell bats, that would totally happen here. <laughs> Someone copywriting croquet. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about this duel. Let's talk about this duel. This duel I thought was actually kind of fun just in how straightforward it was. Yeah, there's no... This duel didn't have any like twists, didn't have any tricks. It's just people playing cards and using the cards to fight each other. Back and yeah, forth. the one the one gimmick that happens here, and she lays it out pretty much right off the bat, is Shizu's like, hey, I have a Millennium item. It's right here, the Millennium Necklace, that lets me see into the future. I can so see I know- every card you're going to play. <laughs> so so there's there literally no nothing, surprises here. Not only can you not surprise me, I know everything you are going to do before you do it. And we kind of just get that in the duel. Like, there are zero surprises for Ishizu and for us, the audience. Yeah. 
There is nothing, when you can see the future, there is nothing surprising or novel to you anymore. And I guess that includes us, the audience. I guess, yeah. Um, but let's go through it. So Kaiba starts by playing Vorse Raider uh, and a face-down card. She's a, she kind of like calls it, right? She's like, you're going to play a Vorse Raider and, and a face-down card. I think she says it internally. She says that a lot. We don't have to yeah. do it every time, but every time like he plays something, she's like, I know what he's going to play. He's going to play Vorse Raider. And then he does it. It reminds me of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, it's been a while since we talked about that show. Constantly narrating what's happening. Jonathan Joestar. Happening. Yeah, Jonathan Joestar's power of being able to read people so well that he knows uh, what they're going to say. Or is it Joseph Joestar? The first JoJo. The second yeah. JoJo. The second JoJo. Yeah. That guy. That guy. Anyway, you know, yeah, Jojo. Yeah. It's, you know, Jojo. Jojo, 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 Jojo. Um, so it's it's that annoying too as it gets as it goes further into the episode. Um Mokuba, uh, we get a shot, like a quick cutaway shot of Mokuba in the control room, realizing that he can't decipher the last line of text on the wing dragon of Ra. Just a quick update from Mokuba. Thanks, just, Mokuba. Just in case. Uh Ishizu draws does not look at and plays Keldo. Fucking 360 no-scopes it. <laughs> and Joey is like, whoa, she didn't even look at it. This is just like Esperoba all over again. Uh, Esperoba, of course, was the fake psychic. The fake psychic, but here's a real psychic. So it's uh, kind of just weird to see this same kind of gimmick being rehashed. But Yugi is like, yeah. no, this one's real. BT does. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't know how I feel about it. We can talk about it at the end of the episode. We can talk about it at the end, but let's, so Ishizu plays uh, Mishizuri of Doom, which lets her pick two cards from Kaiba's hand and discard them. Kaiba then gets to do the same to her. She, because she is a psychic, thanks to Millennium Necklace, she knows exactly what cards Kaiba has in his hand, names them, and says, okay, discard those two that you have in your hand. He's like, I, there's no way. What does he, he say? I, I wrote it down. He goes, there's no way unless she's cheating. Yeah, and she's like, using magic. She told you she was using magic. She she Her opening gambit was to tell you that she was cheating. It's like, um, you've played Secret Hitler. I think once, maybe. Or like uh, like Werewolf or Mafia. Oh, yeah, Werewolf. And any of those like hidden identity games. The best way to play those is to open the game and just as soon as everybody opens their eyes, you say, I'm the werewolf. Because <laughs> then it's everybody else's game at that point. They can do whatever they want. They may believe you. They may not. Who knows? Uh, but so she opened with, I'm cheating. And Kaiba refused to believe this. Yeah. She straight up told you, and he was just like, no, you're not. Unless she really is. Hmm. Uh, uh, Vorse Raider attacks Keldo. Kaiba is very dramatic about it. He has some monologue about winning. Because that's the thing he wants to do. I don't know. I it, Past a certain point, you can only listen to Kaiba so much. Yeah. Um, Kaiba has realized that he has two cards in his hand, Shrink and Crush card. 
Uh, so his his rambling about winning sort of becomes rambling about these two cards. And he keeps thinking to himself over and over again, this is the perfect combination. This is going to win. She'll never see it coming. And he says it like six times. Uh, but she she does. She has a like a flash forward thing with a Millennium uh, necklace. And she predicts that he's going to try and summon Obelisk the Tormentor, but she's going to defeat it. And yeah. that will be Kaiba's downfall. She predicts Kaiba will try and use Obelisk against her. Uh, not that that really requires magic to predict because it's like the one thing Kaiba has been like demanding to do this entire time is being yeah. able to summon obelisk and fight people with it. So it doesn't really need magic to <laughs> to predict that. He's a man of simple tastes. Yeah. Meanwhile, Merrick has some inner monologuing. Uh, oh yeah. That uh, he will never let Ishizu turn him into the fool he once was. Ishizu knows there's good in him. Um, and then I think he, it's really unclear what exactly he does, but he like banishes bad Merrick. Yes. So here's, here's how this goes. So the first part of the monologue is internal where he's, mm. he's, he's sort of saying to himself, I'll never let Ishizu turn me into the fool that I once was. Ishizu, I think hears the, I don't know, mental vibrations or whatever of his deep thought looks over and he says out loud, I'm going to keep you from turning me into a fool and I'm going to do it like this. And this is actually the shot I was thinking of earlier where he 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 looks inside himself into the space where he has bad Merrick trapped in the, you know, the mind prism. prism. Yeah. The prison, the prism prison, the prison prism. Um, and he casts it away and it recedes into the darkness of his mind. And he is banishing bad Merrick from himself. I guess that's Ishi the, that's the idea yeah. anyway. Ishizu doesn't really react to this though. No, we I cut right back to the duel. And that's the thing I was trying to figure out because we get a like a wide shot of that happening, right? And it felt to me like this is Merrick showing Ashizu the image of Bad Merrick being banished. So is it actually banishing Bad Merrick or is it just sort of showing this is what I'm going to do? It's very unclear because she doesn't really react. And, you know, it's Yu-Gi-Oh, honestly. So, and like, it's Yu-Gi-Oh, so it doesn't really matter. Anything that happens here is completely reversible, or we'll just forget about it. Yeah, it doesn't really matter in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. Uh, so, uh, let's see. So that happens. Ishizu plays Sword of Dagra. Um, oh, pardon me. She plays uh, a card called Mudora. Have you seen this card before? Uh... I don't. I think she's using a bunch of cards that we have not seen before. Uh, yeah, I think so. Mudora is. It's got an interesting look, but I it's don't like think an it Egyptian really, ninja. Yeah, I don't really think it does anything special though. It just kind of attacks. Um, it has a cool. What's the name of that headdress? It has a cool like sarcophagus style headdress with like yeah, a snake on it. I don't know the name of that kind of headpiece, but it's the one that's on like Anubis and all those guys. Anubis, I think, is is the name I was I was looking for. Um, so it looks cool. Uh, she plays sort of Dagra on it, which boosts its attack by five hundred. It, it goes to attack uh, Vorse Raider, 
And as it does, this is the one part about Medora that I truly remember is the sound that it makes when it attacks, and that is this sound. It's that sound. <laughs> it had some interesting sounds, not gonna lie. It sounded like uh it sounded like Link falling down a hole. Yeah. Uh, uh, to which yes. Kaiba yells, face down cards, go! Uh, Fuck off, Kaiba. <laughs> so he does his whole thing that he was going to do. He plays Shrink, which lowers his Force Raider's attack and makes him a teeny tiny little guy. And then he plays Crush Card, which apparently destroys both cards on the field and every greater than 500 attack monster in Ishizu's deck. Right, and it can only be played on monsters with attack of 500 or lower. That's why he had to play the, the shrink. Yeah. Uh, to which Ishizu doesn't really react because she knew it was going to happen. Yeah, and this is a weird shot, too, because everyone else she's watching is like, oh, man, she really should have seen that coming. Like, she's a psychic. Oh, she must not be a really good one. Darn. Oh, man, nuts. Yeah, I think Joey has a line that's like, man, if I were her, I'd trade in that Millennium necklace for a crystal ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I didn't realize that Joey went in for that sort of thing, but all right. <laughs> uh, and but But you're right. She's completely unmoving here just completely poker faced uh in response she plays swords of revealing light to keep kaiba from attacking for three turns and kaiba is like why if you can see the future if you know that you're gonna beat me like why are you stalling this and she's like i'm not stalling everything we do is like predetermined by fate i have to the lord (laughs) works in mysterious ways (laughs) the heart of the cards works in mysterious ways Oh, yes, thank you. Pardon me. Uh, Merrick at this point points out that he actually kind of enjoys watching a Shizu toy with Kaiba's mind like this. I mean, who doesn't? So, true, true, It's fun fair. to see Kaiba freaking out. <laughs> He's just getting madder and madder this whole episode. He is. It almost makes you feel for him, but... Nah, nah fuck that guy. Uh, uh, what was he do next? Uh, he summons Dark Gremlin. We've seen that before. And a face down, face down card. Shizu draws a card, passes, and then she claims she makes a prediction that Kaiba will draw the card that will lead to his demise in two turns. Bum bum bum. Uh, I noticed at this point Kaiba's hair can't decide which way it wants to go. I know I'm noticing all the wrong things in this episode, but that's just where we're at in this season. <laughs> Uh, if you look, if you watch this episode back, especially if you're if you're listening to the podcast while watching the episode, play this scene back a couple of times and count how many different times Kaiba's hair changes direction. And it's hmm. not like it's wind; like you don't see wind. It's just one time it's parted to the left, and the next time it's parted to the right. I didn't notice that either. And then it flops back and forth. And I wonder if it was like on. different animators working on the same scene, and then like later they compared notes and were like, "Wait a minute." How, which way did I mean, you part his sure. hair? Ah, oh, like, no one's gonna. It's one of those things that doesn't matter well enough to like really for anyone to really care about it. But it's just I weird. noticed. <laughs> uh, Kaiba says, uh, as Ashizu mentions that he's about to draw the card that will lead to his demise. He says, "Dual monsters." <clears throat> pardon me. Dual monsters is about skill and power, not about fairy dust and fate. He is really offended by the idea that anyone is using like magic in this game instead of just being really good at cards. 
Yeah, yeah. I, which, like, I mean, again, to, to Merrick's point, they're just playing the game as <laughs> it was intention, yeah. originally intended. Uh, uh, that would says, be so real annoying, though, if you are, like, really good at something and then it turned out that, like, you were actually not very good at it. It's just, like, you're surrounded by this magic that affected it. You're not actually skilled at what you do. Oh, interesting. So, like, you didn't know that you were using magic the whole time. Yeah, do you think Yugi gets um, imposter syndrome? Um, About playing cards? Because it's not his skill. It's the magic energy that's, like, yeah. all these things coming together to help him. I mean, I think that was that whole duel, right? Where, um, like, right before uh, uh, Taya and Mai had their duel in Duelist Kingdom, that was that whole internal struggle that Yugi was going through, right? Where he realized, like, oh, oh, it was, at, it was right before, um, or it was right after Kaiba threatened to, like, blow himself off the castle. Oh, that one, yeah. And he just completely broke down. Yeah, well, and I think it was because he realized, like, oh, the only reason I'm good at dueling is because of this ancient pharaoh that's been living inside me secretly. <laughs> this and I ghost hate in that my guy. puzzle. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so probably a little bit of imposter syndrome, sure. Yeah, who wouldn't? Well, now Kaiba's getting that. Um, yeah. A little bit, but Kaiba hasn't been using magic. Kaiba is, like... He's the he's the the old guard in a way who's pissed off at all this newfangled magic shit ruining his tournament. All this new old magic instead of right. just <laughs> playing a goddamn card game and getting good at it. Was it was always about the card game. <laughs> uh he says <laughs> This is my favorite line from Kaiba. He says, "Now is the time for action." And then he draws a card and he looks at it and he goes, but I'll save this card. <laughs> now is not actually the time for action. <laughs> and he monologues for a bit longer about how he's actually going to like win in three turns when the Swords of Revealing Light goes away and he's developed this whole plan. And Shizu interrupts him to say, I actually believe you'll pass. And he draws again and he looks at the card he just, draw, he just drew and he goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> how did she know? Just so lovely, just so wonderful of two straight turns of Kaiba being like, this is about power and action and and will. Uh, and then he looks at the shit that he just drew and he's like, next turn, that will be the time. <laughs> Not this turn. I could totally get you right now if I wanted to, but I don't. Uh, and then he, the Swords of Revealing Light goes away and he draws another card and it gives him a flashback to uh, when he was in the museum and Ishizu was telling him about the Egyptian god cards, you know, back in the back in the days when he wore purple coats instead of white. Man, his and... freaking uh, shoulder pads in this shot are just ridiculous. Ooh, they are. Mm, mm, they are good. Kaiba, Kaiba, I'm convinced is like Kaiba is in drag is what's happening here. <laughs> The he's outfits like, are always on point. He's like cosplaying a World of Warcraft character that he has to have those like giant pauldrons for. Kind of, yeah. Like in a way, he's cosplaying as Obelisk the Tormentor in the museum. A little bit. Because he's got those big ass shoulders. 
but so he has a flashback to that he he is sort of like he's closed his eyes he's thinking okay i've got to draw this card this card is going to be the card that that leads me to victory uh you put it in your notes and i want to ask you this very pointedly is this kaiba using the heart of the cards it looks like it because he is this is like his grand plan. He is trusting in his deck to give him the card that he wants. And he gets mm-hmm. the card that he wants. And we've only ever seen that happen with people like Yugi using the heart of the cards. Access to get them the light of the side of the force. Yeah. And there so it is. That's he the question it. is, is Kaiba using the heart of the cards? Or is the heart of the cards on Ishizu's side? And giving him the card that he's going to use to destroy himself with, as she predicted. Oh, that is an interesting question. I mean, I think I think either way, it isn't. It's all kind of a moot point, right? Like yeah. you could say, like, well, it's just fate. Like fate is is blind, right? It's not a not a, a force that is acting with any sort of intention. Um, but either either way, yeah, he draws Obelisk the Tormentor, the card that will either lead him to victory or destruction. Uh, and, um, oh, and we get a fun shot of the card art. The card art sort of like starts <laughs> close to the camera and then spins and lands. This is a goofy shot. It's so strange. So he's, he drew the card. He's holding it out and like doing that thing where it faces away from him. Yeah. He you doesn't know, the way that actually draw cards in the show. He doesn't actually look at it. He just draws it and then holds it away from him at arm's length, like between his like two fingers. Uh, like he's ninja running away from it. Yeah. And the the image of Obelisk the Tormentor appears very close to the camera and then spins and lands on the card that he is holding. <laughs> very strange. It's very 90s. Uh, so he, he has it in his hand now. He has Dark Gremlin attack Ashizu directly uh, because the crush card virus killed off um, uh, Madura. Madura? Madeira? Medea? Medusa? Uh, Madoa? Abangata? Madea? A female Dia? <laughs> All right, uh, I shout to Golden Sun. Mudora. <laughs> Medora. Um, so that's gone. So Dark Gremlin attacks the Shizu's life points directly. <laughs> I'm sorry, fucking, <laughs> fucking rhyme. Um, Kaiba, uh, at this point, yells from across the field You can't win! Nothing can save you from Obelisk's wrath, so don't resist it, for the end is here. And then he, like, laughs, which I'm not going to repeat, because that'll just kill my throat. I wrote down his exact laugh, which is, ah-ha-ha, ah ha 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 Really, uh, what's the kid from uh, Dexter's Lab? Oh, uh, the the Man- bad kid, Mandark. Yeah. Mandark. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mandark. he really Mandarks it. <laughs> he Mandarks <laughs> it up. <laughs> he laughs maniacally, and that's the end of the episode. Bum, bum, ba, to be continued. To be continued. Jimmy, what was the best part of this episode for you? My best, my favorite part of this episode was Kaiba going on this his whole spiel, taking credit for the tournament and how great his tournament is and how he's entered, like, this is his tournament. This is his rules. Uh, it's all his doing. And immediately getting publicly called out by Ashizu, 
being like, no, I gave you the idea for this tournament specifically to have this right here happening. And I gave you the card that you're so intent on using. So calm the fuck down, little boy. So good. (laughs) Just immediately called out. I'm really disappointed that we didn't get to see anyone like reacting to that. I know. Yeah, we could have had so many good like reaction cutaways there. Of just Kaiba taking credit for everything and immediately being like, nope, it was all this like random woman's idea. Oh man, and fucking Mokuba could have heard like through the, the Kaiba communicator. I would have wrecked him. It would have it would have been hilarious. I'm sorry we didn't get to see that, but just that he immediately gets called out on it for like taking credit for everything was great. So good. What was your best? I uh, I mean my best was like the constant cutting back to Mokuba in the <laughs> control room, which happened. We didn't mention all the times that it happens. It happens like five times in this episode. Yeah. Where it just cuts back to Mokuba and he's like, Yep, still working on it. He's still just like hacker typing on the computer. And he's like, we're still working. It's still like the the system is still translating this last line of text. We're almost there, Kaiba. And it's like a fucking, it's like a heist movie. Yeah. Except it doesn't have any payoff whatsoever. At the end or of the episode. Stakes, really? Like, or, or stakes. Like, Wing Dragon Drag- of Ra is not in this duel. <laughs> Sir not appearing in this film. <laughs> For everyone playing along at home, that's another shot. <laughs> yeah, he uh, doesn't need yeah, to be it- there. Yeah, it, wow. It but it but it feels good at the same time. Like I yeah. like having that cutaway of like, yeah, somebody's making progress. <laughs> Cuz Lord knows it's not Kaiba. It's definitely not Kaiba. <laughs> uh how about the worst part of this episode for you? This episode didn't need to exist. This whole episode was just 30 minutes of Kaiba wants to use Obelisk the Tormentor, which could be easily filed away under shit I already know. <laughs> yeah. This is we don't need to know that he wants to use Obelisk the Tormentor. We know that. He's been saying it for like 10 episodes that he wants to use Obelisk the Tormentor. Yeah, it's... that's the whole point of this tournament is that how much he wants to get his hands on those dang god cards. I and think then Kaiba... he didn't even get to see Obelisk the Tormentor being used in this episode. Right, exactly, exactly. I think Kaiba is like... He, he wants to be an old-fashioned villain, right? Where he is badass enough to tell you his whole plan and there's nothing you can do to stop him. Because episode one, right? Episode one, season one, he's like, yes, I am obsessed with Blue Eyes White Dragon, this dragon card that I have all of them. Uh, and it is my one and only goal to have all of them and no one else can have them, just me. And then he does first, that. First, yeah, first duel. What happens? He's got all of them. There they are. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this episode was pointless because he didn't even get to... It's not telling us anything we knew, didn't know. Yeah, that's... Yeah, exactly, exactly. And especially, especially, and this was my worst, how did Kaiba not know that Ishizu was the eighth duel? How did he not know? She would have had to have all her information in the system just to get into the tournament itself, not even just to get on the blimp, which is or, its whole or, own other thing. Or fake information, right? Yeah. There's a complete possibility that she could have pulled Merrick and put somebody else's name in there, but he would still have a name. Yeah. She could have revealed, done her own Merrick reveal and revealed herself to be Ishizu going under a pseudonym. But apparently she was just like, no. There's, there's right. like, like in the name tag, there was just like, 
Null variable. There's nothing there. Blank. How does that happen in this system? How because does that we've seen so many checkpoints where like identity has to be verified. You have to give your locator cards, like all this shit. Kaiba knows where everyone in Battle City is down to the millimeter because they've all got their, like, tracking dual discs on them. Although, as I say that, Jimmy, do you know what thought I just had? She used magic? She could have used magic. She can see the future. She might have been able to see where the blimp takes off from and just get on it before anyone noticed and was just already there when the blimp took off. Huh. So you're saying that... Since she can see the future, she, like, navigated all of Battle City. Like, the guard turns away for, like, a second, and then she walks past. She, like, picks up a random dual disc that someone sets by. She pulls a Nicolas Cage in Next and plots out the entire movie. And then it turns out that it wasn't the movie. It was actually her psychically projecting and then carrying out the plan. She, like knows where everyone's go- what everyone's going to be doing, and then just, like, waits for five seconds, steps behind a tree so they don't see her. She keeps going. Right. And, like, she took advantage of some, like, security update in the mainframe, where she, like, logged in at the exact right time when the servers were undergoing maintenance or something. Right. So this could mean that she has zero locator cards, has not dueled once in this tournament, and I got like, here anyway. I like this idea a lot. This is my new I like this cannon. idea a lot too because it also means that there is an actual eighth duelist who <laughs> showed up five minutes too late. And they're like, what the fuck? And Where's it's the just blimp? like sad now. <laughs> <laughs> they show up at the blimp launch site and they're like, oh man, oh no, oh. come on. Who would it be? Who would the eighth duelist be? Um... Who would they? Bob. <laughs> it's just so, you know who it was? It was one of those old guys, those two like bickering dudes from that one episode who didn't know what Dual Monsters was. Yeah, no, and that's they what just I mean. got that's what into I mean. it. Yeah. Where he's like, what is this? And the guy goes, well, Bob, you see Dual <laughs> Monsters. It's a card game for children. I hope those guys are doing okay. I wonder what they're up to. I think they're doing great. I in my in my head canon they have teamed up and they are taking Battle City by storm. I choose uh, to let's let's put this episode on a chart real quick before we move on. Card mechanics and uh oh I guess I mean just in case anyone's listening to this for the first time, we put every episode on a XY chart where the X column the X column, the X axis X axis. Wow, where did my talk can go? Uh, the, the X is plot relevance. Is that right, Jimmy? Yeah. And the Y is card mechanics. And this is from minus five to plus five in, in both, uh, card mechanics. How do you feel about this episode? how do we do? Uh, there's nothing really new or interesting here, but also nothing like shitty and dumb. That's like bullshit mechanics. I would give this a perfect zero. It's not bad. and It's not good. It's just yeah. extremely cut and dry. Uh, I summon a monster. I attack with a monster. I use a magic it, card. It doesn't need to be in the episode. <laughs> it doesn't need to be in the episode. There is nothing uh, yeah. novel happening here. 
a zero sounds good. Yeah, it's a perfect. Zero. Uh, how about how about plot relevance? That's a tough one because there's also not a whole lot that happens plot wise other than Ishizu shows up, but we don't learn anything new. Also I kind of feel like this is also a zero. Like nothing outlandish happens. They don't retcon anything, but we also don't really move the story forward. Yeah, there's no like magic bullshit happening besides Ishizu's like power knowing what's going to happen, but it doesn't right. really have an effect on what happens in the plot. I think we're a perfect zero. It's a, this is this episode is a perfect nothing. We got ourselves a I've bullseye al- episode. I have already forgotten that this episode existed. What episode? <laughs> I don't know. What are we doing this podcast about? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the part of the show that everyone likes to listen to. Uh, in this next segment, we will bring in my partner, Well, everyone Lauren. except me. Yeah, because you don't <laughs> listen to any part of the show, Lauren. <laughs> no, because I do poorly. No, you, generally. You, you've done well. Yeah, you scoot your chair Come on. Uh, this part of the show, we bring in my partner, Lauren, to play a little game I like to call Yu-Gi-Oh! Or not. Hi, Lauren. Hi. Lauren, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Jimmy and I just talked about an episode that I've already forgotten. Sounds nice. Sounds ideal. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. A little sleepy yeah. this morning. Hmm. Nice haircut. Thanks. <laughs> Did uh, you do it yourself? No, a friend came over and uh, like fully masked and uh, went to town on my bangs. Nice. But I can, I'm excited that I can like go to work and look at computers f- that I need to for my job in live TV without having my hair poking me in the eyeballs. Tyler won't let me cut his hair. I keep offering. <sighs> He keeps saying no. I think, yeah, I think working, I'm at that point. If you're working on an email, though, it's not necessarily time sensitive if you get poked no. in the eye by hair. No, I'm just that Fair. asshole who keeps like brushing his hair to the side in video meetings. <laughs> like, huh, yes, pardon me as I as I comb my princely locks. That's what I've For- been doing. I've been having to wear hats to work just to keep my hair out of my eyes. So mm, I'm excited yeah. to not have to do that. Yeah. I was going to go and get a haircut like two months ago before this all started. I know. Yeah, me too. Tyler's overdue for a haircut before all this started. Yeah. I was this close to just buzzing it, but I'm kind of glad I didn't <laughs> go that far. See, I cut my own hair all the time, so I don't know why Tyler doesn't trust me. No, I trust you. Mm. Do you want to cut it? You can no. cut it. It's fine. Live it. on this podcast. You cut it. <laughs> Lauren yeah, cuts Tyler's Audio hair. haircut. <laughs> we'll set up two microphones we'll do, do that sort of bar- yeah. uh, barbershop yeah there we go sorry i interrupted you doing the intro to this show. no this is perfect uh the plot if you will of yugi or not is that we bring in lauren uh who canonically does not listen to our podcast and does not watch Yu-Gi-Oh. two uh, truths and canonically, we have her... she's not a fictional character. My head, can, <laughs> my head can is that Lauren does listen to this podcast, <laughs> unless, unless, uh, <laughs> historically, I guess I am I the villain said. of the show. I'll say that. That is how you introduced yourself. Yes, <laughs> uh, and we give Lauren a list of six things that are either real Yu-Gi-Oh cards or things that just sound like real Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Uh, what is a real Yu-Gi-Oh card? That's a really good, 
good question in this day and age. Uh, this week, we have three Yu-Gi-Oh cards and three songs by the band Queen. Oh. And it is your job to determine which is which, card or queen. Now, I'm assuming that you pulled from their back catalog. Yeah, we're not going to see fucking Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> yeah. up in here. There's no... We yeah. are the champions. <laughs> I, I There might be a Yu-Gi-Oh card called We Are the Champions. It's I, I'm, entirely I'm possible. Really sure. uh, yeah, so I pulled, I pulled kind of from the back catalog here, but you might still be able to pick out a couple of well, the songs. I, I think I'm... I think it's more likely that I'm going to embarrass myself because here's the thing is that I would not consider myself a music aficionado. I like what I like, but it tends to be very, well, I don't know. It's not particularly broad or deep, I will say. Yeah, notice notice how I went for Queen and not David Bowie or... Uh, Fair, uh, Elton John. Uh, Elton John. I would or, win at Elton John every time. I'll say uh, that much. Paul Simon. Yes, I unironically love Paul Simon's solo work. That's fine. You're allowed. That's no accounting for taste. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just want to say that because I feel like people a lot of times get very uppity about music knowledge and I'm just stating up front that I'm not a person with music knowledge. So there so it is. That that, and I purposely picked things that do sound like Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah. So if you get fooled, that just means that I'm good at my job. <laughs> Working uh, as intended. All right. Are you ready? Don't judge me for not knowing deep cut queen songs. That's right. all I'm exactly. trying to say. Exactly. Uh, are you ready to play? Or Yu-Gi-Oh this week? cards, apparently. Exactly. Um, do you want to play Yu-Gi-Oh or not? Sure. Let's get into it. Card number one, Ogre Battle. Ogre Battle. Card number two, Ice Queen. Ice Queen. Card number three, The March of the Black Queen. The March of the Black Queen. Card number four, Big Spender. Big Spender. Card number five, March of the Monarchs. March of the Monarchs. A lot of marching happening in this one. Mm-hmm. A lot of marching, a lot of queens. Mm-hmm. Uh, card number six, sixth and final card, The Tripper Mercury. That sounds like a really cool space pirate name. The Tripper Mercury. Yeah, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a good, uh, it's got like a galleon. Yeah, good yeah. like smuggler. Yeah. Name no like a person. Is oh, like what a I'm person. Yeah. I'm Tripper Mercury. This <laughs> the is my Tripper sh- Mercury. I'm the Tripper Mercury. This is my ship, the Black Queen. <laughs> this is a much better game. Let's play this. Where <laughs> <laughs> we just we just make up. Yeah, where we just like exquisite corpse this story. I'm gonna based it. on Yu Gi Oh cards. Um, that reminds I'm... me. Uh, I beat the main storyline in Final Fantasy 14 the other night. Uh, mm-hmm. And we had a rando in our group named uh, Cassius Drip. Whoa. <laughs> nice. Nice. Rad. He was like a cyborg cat man. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I was picturing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, kind of in the same vein as Tripper Mercury. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, all right, Lauren. Walk, walk, me through your, uh, walk me through your thought process here. Oh, no. Um, so I see that you've put two... Two, um, well, I can't say cards. I see that you've put two entries here. Two items. That have queen in the title. And I feel like one of them is going to be a Yu-Gi-Oh card and one of them is going to be a queen song to throw me off. 
Ah, I'm like, I don't you, know. You know Queen, always writing songs about queens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Queen, that's the whole thing. I'm like, like, I don't know, inexplicably nervous about this one, because I feel like people are going to write it and be like, what a fucking idiot. No. <laughs> you don't know, how can you not know that's a Queen song? The only time that people They're have They're all written Yu-Gi-Oh cards. The o- <laughs> no, there's three and three. Uh, the only time that people have ever written in about anyone being a fucking idiot is us <laughs> us two Nimrods talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to say that don't at me about Queen songs, but I did get all the blimps right. So You did. You did get all the blimps right. I think you've got your trivia priorities in order. Please, let's uh. just get through this segment because I've been staring at the word <laughs> Queen and now the word Queen doesn't make any sense to me anymore. <laughs> It's just it's lost such a meaning. weird word, queen. Queen. It's a weird word. Queen. All right. Uh, we got Ogre Battle, Ice Queen, March of the Black Queen, Big Spender, March of the Monarchs, The Tripper, Mercury. You have just marked Ice Queen. Yeah. I don't know. I well, don't know, what, what do you think? What do you think Ice Queen is? As a queen song. Queen song. All right. Ice Queen by Queen. Um, I, <laughs> that's so stupid when you say it like that. <laughs> Oh, God, I really hate this one, Tyler. You've tapped into, like, a primal anxiety here. Oh, no. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah, about, like, not knowing music trivia. I didn't mean to. That wasn't my goal. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's also really hot in here. It is really hot in here. Oh, we have to cut this one. (laughs) (laughs) This is horrible. All right, so you've said Ice Um, Queen is a queen song. What else we got? God, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. Uh, Big Spender is funny to me if it's a Yu-Gi-Oh card, so. (laughs) (laughs) Ogre Battle sounds like a Yu-Gi-Oh card, which, by my earlier logic, March of the Black Queen would have to be a Yu-Gi-Oh card if you did one and one, which I think you would have. Sound logic. (laughs) And then I've done all my Yu-Gi-Oh cards, so March of the Monarchs is queen and the Tripper Mercury is queen, and I don't fucking know. Okay, are these your final answers? I guess I don't know. <laughs> All right, we have to move on. <laughs> we have to. We ha- well, luckily this is going to be a quick one. You scored zero points. Great. <laughs> oh, no. You did. You did the exact perfect uh, opposite. Ogre battle. Well, that's a first. Ogre battle is a song by Queen. Ice Queen is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. The March of the Black Queen is a song by Queen. <laughs> Big Spender is a song by Queen. March of the Monarchs is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. And the Tripper Mercury is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Oh God, I need to so know what stupid. Tripper Mercury is. The Tripper Mercury is a dumbass looking card. It's a dude in blue armor with like two uh, uh, fucking spears. Oh, this is so stupid. You did great. You did great. I did the exact opposite of great. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry. This is horrible. With the amount of anxiety, I am so proud of you for picking something and rolling with it, and you committed. You committed, Lauren. That's what Oh, God. My mouth is dry. I've got some water. Here, here. R.I.P. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to do this to you. Tripper Mercury does look like... Tripper Mercury looks like a Final Fantasy villain. He does, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's swords. That's right. Like laser rapiers. Yeah, it does look. It looks like a Power Ranger. Yeah, that's what it is. Like Power Rangers. Um, There's a lot of overlap. Mystical Power Rangers, magical Power Rangers. The one where they're all sorcerers. I have no idea. No one. I wasn't no allowed to watch Power Rangers. 
I wasn't either, but only because I wanted to punch things every time I watched it. <laughs> Does that surprise anyone? No. That reminds me of the one time I've been influenced by a video game to do something. I was playing, uh, I think it was called Stranglehold. And you went and strangled a man. I went and <laughs> killed a man. <laughs> uh, yeah, Stranglehold, which was a based off of like a John Woo movie. Oh, right. And it did like the slow motion it did shooting slow motion, and like, like doves. Diving and like shooting in like bullet time. Uh, yeah. So I played that a bunch. And then I went, this is in college. I got my two Nerf guns and I tried to dive through a door and shoot my roommates just like in the movie. And I all remember that this phase of yours. Yes. <laughs> all that happened was that I missed both shots and got rug burn on my arms. Yep. Yeah, that sounds nice. accurate. So I guess don't let video games influence you is the moral of the story, kids. <laughs> so much so much for video games inciting violence. <laughs> Just incite ner- nerf guns and carpet burn. All right. Uh, let's move quickly away from the uh, Yugi or not that I have to apologize to Lauren for later. Let's move into the oh, next and final segment of the show. Jimmy, I am so one. sorry. I am so sorry. I just get to make both of you uncomfortable this episode. I think is what's happening. <laughs> Up next, it's time for the monster bracket. Every week on the show, we bring together two monsters that appear in season two and have them fight to the death until we end up with one ultimate champion for the season. This week on the bracket, we have Fortress Whale versus Beta the Magnet Warrior. Oh my god. Jimmy, Jimmy, how do you feel right now? I, I love both of these cards so much. On one hand, we have our precious boy, Beta the Magnet Warrior, who should be the like main Yu-Gi-Oh mascot creature, as opposed to Kuripo, which is nothing. On the other <laughs> hand, we have the super awesome and badass Fortress Whale, which is such a cool concept. It's a fortress on a whale. It's a fortress I mean, on a whale. You can't go wrong. It's a whale with a World War II battery on his back. It's rad uh, as hell. I want to recap really quickly just the 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 hardships that these two cards had to go through to get here. Starting with Fortress Whale. Fortress Whale in the first round beat Alligator's Sword. Then in the second Still round, I uh, went up against for a card. Such a bad card. Uh, then went up against Grand Tiki Elder, which was only slightly better than Alligator Sword. Then up against Amazon Chainmaster, which we all agreed had to go. Beta the Magnet Warrior had a slightly more difficult journey here. Beta the Magnet Warrior started in the first round against Humanoid Slime, which was an intriguing but ultimately lackluster competitor. Then it went up against Gearfried the Iron Knight, who was sort of just the... Uh, the cousin of Beta the Magnet Warrior that went to Hot Topic. Uh, then, in one of the more difficult matchups of this season, Beta the Magnet Warrior went up against and defeated Dark Magician, who is arguably one of the more recognizable Iconic. cards from the series. Yeah. So, all in all, Fortress Whale has kind of coasted. Beta the Magnet Warrior has really had to fight for where he's at. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the, the cards uh, once again, uh, just real quickly. Let's talk about the looks first, starting with Beta the Magnet Warrior. Can one of you describe Beta for me? He's a little robot Pikachu. 
He is, isn't he? I hadn't thought about it that he's way. He's like a round little robot Pikachu. He's got magnets forming his ears and his like fingers. Like horseshoe two, magnets. Two beady little eyes. And two beady little eyes. He's very cute. And from uh, the right I'm... angle, he looks like he has a big old swinging dong, as we've mentioned before. <laughs> Not in this card art, but there's that one shot in the show. have you been staring at beta's dong i sent you that screenshot <laughs> I like know, but... two months ago <laughs> is this is this points in beta's favor or it's really more of a commentary on what angle you should be drawing these characters at i mean i'm not here to yuck any yums you can notice whatever you want to notice <laughs> about beta the magnet warrior that's that's your prerogative man but like what a thing for a children's card game. What a, what a time to be alive. Uh, how about Fortress Whale? Let's talk about Fortress Whale. What's what's the vibe there? What's the look? Fortress Whale looks like the last thing you see before you die. <laughs> and potentially the first thing you see after you die. <laughs> God. Like this is waiting for you at the river sticks. Like if you were a sailor and suddenly your ship just fucking exploded in the middle of like a storm tossed sea and you're like swimming at the top of the ocean, like trying to cling to some flotsam. This is like what you would see in like the 1800s or so before you like you died. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the escort to Davy Jones's locker. Yeah. The gun on its back looks like a Dalek. Oh, it does. It does kind of. It does. It have does kind of. It has the the eye stock and then the two beady little arms. Yeah, it's one of those no, like no bumps. Yeah. Do- it's one of those eggs. Uh, they're eggs. Cannon batteries. It's like a dome with a a cannon sticking out. Several. Right. Of those. Yeah. The one that kind of looks like a like a um, uh, observatory telescope. Yes. There we go. Also, this is clearly a narwhal. A right. a narwhal. <laughs> I was about to mention that it has a narwhal horn for some reason. Tusk. Tusk. Pardon Tusk. me. They're not horns. They're teeth. Is does this whale have teeth or does it have baleen that looks like teeth? It has shredded baleen is how I'm reading that. Does yeah, that but right? narwhals have have actual teeth. Right. But whales. Yeah, but this is a narwhal. But it's but it's a but it's a fortress whale. Whale, whale, whale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It looks scary. Is the thing, the main takeaway here? Yeah, they were. I think. I think what happened was is they they had a they had an art meeting right where the artist had drawn a perfectly usable whale with guns on its back, and some manager in the room was like, nah, "I don't know. We need scary." It's like fine. I'll put a. I don't it know, does a look scary. This whale has various ways it could kill you. Um, would you like to know some facts about narwhals? Yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. Just normal narwhals, not fantasy narwhals. Do they also have they guns on their backs? They are kind of a fantasy creature, though, just in general. I'm not entirely convinced narwhals exist. They do. It's a So the tusk is actually a canine tooth, and... It never actually heals the skin around it. It bursts through. Both males and females have tusks. 
and it bursts through, although I think it's rarer on females, but it bursts through the front of their face and it never, yeah, it it keeps growing and then it just, the skin never heals because it's not actually meant to go there. It just, it just pokes its way through. There's not like an existing hole for it. Those poor animals. It is an actual whale. I thought it was like a dolphin, like a killer whale is actually a dolphin. Oh, sure, sure. For a long uh-huh. time. But it is closely related to um the beluga whale. Oh. And I can kind of see it. It is an elongated upper left canine. Huh. All right. Wikipedia is saying that uh only the males have tusks, but I think I think sometimes females have tusks. Well, I mean, you know Wikipedia, it's never wrong. Mm-hmm. Completely accurate all the time. Huh. Okay, so what we're looking at is a a canine tooth. Mm-hmm. The left canine tooth. So that means out the of rest the of these and are teeth. You... Huh? So that means the rest of the things on this thing are teeth. They're, well, they should be if it's a narwhal, but right. it's but, a fantasy. Yeah, this Fair. is just Yu-Gi-Oh card art. They look mm. withered and worn regardless. Yeah. Uh, and you right. can actually tell narwhal ivory from other types of ivory because it's a spiral pattern. Oh. And other types of ivory don't have that. No, other types of ivory are, it's like conical. Right, right, right like a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. The more you know. If you ever find spiral ivory. Well, I don't know if they ever decided on, there was an object I worked on that is at the British Museum now, and it might be in, if they open and have their exhibition, it might be in an exhibition that they think was made of narwhal ivory. Hmm. Hmm. So that's another fun fact. Rad. Yeah. It was either uh, narwhal or... Just wh- regular whale, I think. I can't remember. Huh. Good to cool. know. Anyway. Uh, so, Numbers-wise, Fortress no, Whale is a level 7 Fortress monster. Whale's cooler also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, numbers-wise, Fortress Whale wins hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2350 attack, 2150 defense. Beta the Magnet Warrior has 1,700 attack, 1,600 defense. The one kind of downside that I see here for Fortress Whale, numbers-wise, is that it is a ritual monster, which means it has to be ritual summoned. You need which a is, card to uh, summon it. Yeah, one specific card. Uh, I think it's Oath of the Fortress Whale or, or Whale's Oath or yeah. something Oath. Uh, but you have to play that card in order to summon Fortress Whale. So it's a little bit limited there. You can't just summon it any old time. Right. Uh, the text on Beta the Magnet Warrior, I'm loading it right now, but it's something about how it combines with cards. Yeah. Yep. Alpha, Alpha, Beta, and Gamma meld together as one to form a powerful monster. So it's With our about... powers combined. <laughs> right. It forms Captain Planet. Um, no, in this case, it's 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 so strange because there's uh, Alpha the Magnet Warrior, Beta the Magnet Warrior, and Gamma the Magnet Warrior, and they combine to form Valkyrion the Magna Warrior. Yeah. Not Magnet. Its stats are much better. Yes. Well, that's not what we're here to talk no. about. Valkyrion is 3,500-3,850. So it could, oh, yeah. so, it could defeat Fortress Whale, but right. you would need those two other guys to do it. 
Yeah. How are we feeling? Just in I terms of honestly, could could see this going either way. Fortress Whale. You think well, okay. you're voting Fortress Whale? We got one vote Fortress yeah. Whale. Beta the Magnet Warrior is fine and he's cute, but does he deserve to win a bracket? Yes, he's a special boy. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love him. Uh, pros for Beta Magnet Warrior. He's Jimmy's special boy. Um, <laughs> My beloved son. <laughs> he, Beta the Magnet Warrior believes in the power of friendship. Yeah, Yugi uses him all the time uh, to use friendship. Uh, and he combines with other. Mo- he wor- he plays well with others. He plays well with others. But, yeah, but Fortress Whale's cool though. Fortress, Fortress Whale, pros. Whale, cool, rad as hell, <laughs> rad as hell. Uh, I would also. Uh, you see it when you die. You see it when you die. <laughs> I I would I would venture to say that it is extreme. Mm. Fortress with, like, three Whale, capital X's. I feel like Beta the Magnet Warrior deserves to be. Uh, higher like more well known in the Yu-Gi-Oh universe i feel like mm-hmm. fortress whale deserves an, another universe entirely <laughs> yes <laughs> that's fortress what whale we're missing des- here fortress whale deserves to be like the final boss in some kind of like dishonored type game yeah fortress whale is the boss that you cannot prepare for i want a horror novel written about fortress whale it's called moby dick <laughs> Moby Moby Dick with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Moby Dick but with guns. Moby Dick 2, the dickening. <laughs> Moby D- Dick 2, this time it's personal. He's back for revenge. He's strapped. <laughs> Moby Wait, Dick reloaded. <laughs> Rat-a-tat-tat, that's the sound of my gat. <laughs> Moby Dick 2, Fortress Whale, fully loaded. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. You got to make a call. Fortress Whale, Moby Dick 2, uh, Gunpowder Boogaloo. <laughs> God. Um, Fortress Whale's Gunpowder Plot. I'm Wait, ca- so... Oh, sorry. I'm now kind of leaning back again towards Fortress Whale. <laughs> This card Tyler, deserves your I I am also really torn here because I'm thinking about the bracket as a whole because I can't mm. help myself. Beta the Magnet Warrior is going to go up against some really iconic. It, 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 pardon me. If Beta the Magnet Warrior goes forward, it's going to go up against some very iconic monsters. And while it is iconic, I don't know that that will be enough. You th- don't think he has enough star power to stand against something like Blue Eyes. Right. Like, he's had mm. a really good run. Like, he, he defeated Dark Magician, right? Like, yeah. obviously, Beta the Magnet Warrior has done very well this bracket. But it kind of feels like, after this point, Beta the Magnet Warrior might be losing steam. Because it's just not as interesting compared to some of these other cards. Right. We are now into both do we like the card subjectively... And is it objectively interesting? Fortress Whale is objectively interesting. Yes. Yeah. Fortress, I think that... Fortress Whale has a lot more going on design-wise. Right. I don't know that you'd get it in anything other than Yu-Gi-Oh! as well. Yeah. Which, as you... Jimmy already said, Beta the Magnet Warrior kind of looks like a Pokemon. 
Right, right. I, I feel like you might see some magic cards that come close. Like, yes, you have these like cool monsters, but yeah. like a fucking whale narwhal thing with like World War II guns strapped to its back. The is, concept is fairly... of Fortress Whale is just so powerful. And it's very Yu-Gi-Oh. It's very, very Yu-Gi-Oh. It's a whale with a fortress on its back. And a horn. And a horn. Because you can give things horns in Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this whale can bite you. It can stab you with its horn. It can shell you from over the horizon. <laughs> it can do all three of those things at once. <laughs> you don't want to fuck with it. Yeah, Fortress Whale. I think Fortress whale. whale has to move forward. Yay. I'm sorry, Beta. Beta the Magnet Warrior, you did really well. He did very I'm well. I'm proud of Beta the Magnet Warrior. But today, you just weren't the Alpha. Uh... <laughs> Actually, Alpha the Magnet Warrior is kind of boring. Yeah, Alpha the Magnet Warrior shit. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fortress Betas Whale. are better. Be- there you go. Betas have more fun. Uh, all right. Well, that does it for the monster bracket. Congratulations to Fortress Whale. Moving on to the semifinals. Next week, we're going to be talking about season two, episode 45, Duel with Destiny part two. And uh, I'm going to give you a little spoiler, a little, little tease for the next monster bracket. Next week's monster bracket is going to be Jinzo versus Worm Drake. Oh. How did Worm Drake get in the quarterfinals? I'll never know. <laughs> Where'd you come from, buddy? But here we are. Uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, heartofthe.cards. Please don't write me about today's Yugi or not. <laughs> if you want to write in don't your at own us about Yugi or not challenge. <laughs> Uh, that would be uh, a very, very welcome. I write most of these. We've had a few listener submissions that have been amazing. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, uh, you can follow us at YAMPOD. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. And as a reminder, we make this show for free. Please go use your money uh, places where it can help. Right now, I really, really encourage you to go find someone, not physically find someone, but but reach out to someone in your community who is an essential worker and figure out what you can do for them. If it's monetarily, if it's uh, finding a way to get food to them or, or toilet paper or whatever it is, go and take care of your community however you can because that is who needs it. Uh, Jimmy, is there anything that we forgot this week? No. No. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Until next time. I don't appreciate you using my tournament to solve your personal family issues. <laughs>